me tell you about Anchor by Spotify, which is the easiest way to make a podcast and the app that I use to make this podcast, Five Blue Firefighter. It's everything you need all in one place. First, Anchor has all the tools to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. If you host off Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple, and many others. Everything you need all in one place. And best of all, it's totally free. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, download Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Five Tool Firefighter Podcast. My name is Nick Higgins, firefighter and author of the Five Tool Firefighter book. Each week, we bring you an inspiring message or person to help you become the best version of yourself you could be. This journey is for the long haul, not the short. Now let's start our journey to becoming the best version of ourselves we could be. Welcome to another episode of the Five Tool Firefighter Podcast. Today's episode, I have a very special guest, Anthony Maddox. Anthony Maddox, we, uh, we started connecting on Twitter. Uh, I started a Twitter account a few months ago, and I saw what his mission was, what his company's doing, and I reached out and said, hey, let's get on the podcast and let's talk. Let's get this out there, get this mission out there. What Anthony's mission is, is Out Emergency Services, LLC. Anthony is a gay paramedic. And his primary mission without emergency services is to bring LGBT community awareness, support, and training to emergency services personnel in the LGBT community at large. Anthony started emergency services in his freshman year in high school in 1988 as part of his high school's emergency and disaster response team as a law enforcement explorer with his local, local police department. Anthony became an EMT and firefighter in 1993 and a paramedic in 2001. Anthony deployed to Iraq in support of OIF as a contract firefighter paramedic for WSI from 2005 to 2008. While in Iraq, Anthony was promoted to captain in 2008 and assigned to the National Training Division at the National EMS Officer. Anthony deployed to Afghanistan in support of the OEF as a contract paramedic from 2009-2013. Anthony is currently a paramedic and instructor for GEMS. He's also developed an LGBT community awareness lunch and learn training for construction and has received multiple awards and, and commendations throughout his career. So Anthony, welcome to the Five Tool Firefighter. Thanks for inviting me, Nick. So I really appreciate, appreciate you having you on. I, re, I appreciate everything you're doing for the fire service in general and what you're doing for the LB, LGBT community. It's something that in, it is big in the fire service. Uh, it's big in the world and it's starting to become a very, I guess you can say, a topic that a lot of people want to talk about and want to learn about. Why is that? That's why I have you here, because this is something you are passionate about. It is something that is part of you. And let's talk about it. First off, let's talk about the Out Emergency Services LLC. What was something that drove you to really want to start this, this company? Uh, what drove me to really want to start this well? Let's go back to probably Christmas, New Year's of this year. Um, I've been on this project with Jim, so I currently work for up here in Omaha. Um, mm-hmm. Got up back up here since just before Christmas. Being away from my uh, significant other 12 years. Um, and then just watching coming out Colton 
the first time I watched it, cried through most of the episodes because the experiences that Colton went through, I went through something similar growing up. Um, then got in touch, seen something on Facebook or Twitter or even Instagram from out to Protect Incorporated about their LGBT law enforcement liaison academy. Um, started doing a little research see if there was anything for fire and EMS. Um, reached out to Greg uh, Morelja. And Greg, I apologize if I mispronounced your last name. Um, contacted him. He said, as far as he knew, there wasn't anything. I asked if I could attend the uh, House Protects LGBT Law Enforcement Liaison Academy uh, through Napa Valley Community College, or Napa Valley College, where Greg is a professor. And then from there, and then just talking with different people on social media and different people up here at work. I'm like, okay, there's a need. I know there's a need. Uh, there's a friend back home who is a in the fire service. He is not out. He is afraid for his job that if the board of directors finds out that he's gay, he'll be fired. Um, wow. Wow. So at that point in time, talking to him and talking to some people up here at work, uh, decided to, at three o'clock in the morning on March 31st, I woke my boyfriend up and my sister and I said, hey, let's start a company. This is what I want to do. I said, all right, let's do it. So shortly, a few minutes later, I, uh, I with the state of Texas to uh, form Out Emergency Services LLC. Um, to, um, like I just said, very, it was initially to bring for emergency services, but now it's not, it's for everybody. I want to bring it to the nation. I, my vision for Out Emergency Services LLC, first and foremost, get, get the message out there around teaching second and third um after watching coming up colton i've always since then i've wanted to do a coming out series just about everyday people and not just everyday people but get executives from companies fire chiefs ems chiefs whatever you and have them come in and talk about their experiences with the community, how they're help, how they're hiring as well, um, and also to honor those like Matthew Shepard who have lost their lives due to hate crimes against our community, and those of our brothers and sisters, of, pardon me, in uniform, whether it be law enforcement, fire, EMS, military. That were that are in the LGBT community that have lost their lives, serving our country because they need the they all deserve the recognition. Um, then the other thing I want to do is not just an ambulance service, not just a like a site medic service or a private fire department I want a 
a full service emergency service with rainbow striped vehicles like NYPD, uh, more specifically the 2016 NYPD uh, pride cars that they had that year. Um, I'm not, hey, we're here. We're not going anywhere. We're here to help you. So that's my vision. It's a, it's a, a lot of stuff, a lot of <laughs> powerful information there and a lot of different things that you're going to, that you want to do to really help the community as a whole. You know, we, we started yeah. first responders, but it really goes a lot deeper than that. And as you brought that up yeah. into a lot of different things, it, it affects a lot of people, a lot of families every day. And uh, just out of my own experiences, I, I have a, a, one of my best friends. He's um, no longer an EMT. He's actually a uh, FAA, works for FAA now. And um, he was an EMT at the time. He, we just became very good friends. And one day he had started texting me and he's like, hey, I got to talk to you. I said, yeah, man, what's going on? He's like, can we meet up? So we met up and he just said, it's been very hard for me. It's been eating at me. A bunch of other people know, but as the one male in this department, I want to, he wants to tell me that he's gay. And I just looked at him clear as anything and said, why are you ashamed to tell me that? You're one of my good friends. Why would I think of you any differently or say anything that would be uncomfortable. And he's like, because I'm just, you know, it's not something that people are accepting about. I right. said, listen, you're one of my best friends. I don't care what you are. I don't care about any of that stuff. You're my best friends. You're, he was in my wedding as well. And we talk about this topic whenever we get a chance. So he'll start bringing stuff up and start telling me more about different things. And you really do see um, struggling people. You see a lot of struggle, especially in, when I, when I brought him up, up to him, I'm going to have you on. He said to me, this is a topic that's going to be very difficult because a lot of people that are in this community have trouble expressing it, especially in an area where it's, an, it's like an alpha dominant area and they don't want to seem a different way to people. And I said, well, I think people need to know about it because I'm sure there's people throughout the entire emergency services that have not said a word and yeah. they probably go into work. And that was one of my questions was let's start with before and after you came out in the emergency okay. service world, just in general, what have you experienced beforehand knowing that you haven't come out to anybody? Was there a struggle yeah. to show up? Not necessarily to show up, but an internal struggle, definitely. I mean, I've known very much since I'd say probably about the age of five that I was different. Um, getting into emergency services, you know, yeah. I knew, and that also, I knew I wanted to be a firefighter paramedic from when I was a kid, watching emergency on TV. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, it, I've always, cause I started out in a volunteer fire department 
I was always there. It was sometimes when either the pay staff, it was a combination department, sometimes whenever the pay staff would take a day off or one of the chiefs would call me and, hey, can you come in? Yeah, sure. Um, but I didn't come out to anybody, didn't really know who to talk to, where to turn. Um, and that was in, yeah, 93. Uh, and heard, you know, the homophobic slurs and stuff like talk, somebody say something about something on TV, you know, the oh, silly faggot that dicks are for chicks. Um, you know, the typical, stereotypical stuff, oh, that's so gay, whatever. I mean, it's just, yeah. Um, that was my next question. Even over, when I was over in Iraq. Um, I didn't really come up to anybody over there. Uh, first person that I came out to was a friend of mine. He was who I'd worked with on my first tour over there in Ramadi. Um, he went, only did one tour over there and he went back to his home state. And I flew out and visited him anyway, called him up, talked to him. Um, you know, and met up with them when I went home on R&R. &R. Um, since then, yeah, I can tell you one thing for sure. I have been a lot happier. Uh, the internal struggle isn't there. Um, going back to the four, I'd be in a bad mood for no reason. Don't didn't understand why or wasn't liking myself. So I would go right with St. Louis City EMS and that on the north side. Like, okay, let me do something with this anger and put it to good use. Um, but I know there's a lot of people that struggle with it that have attempted suicide. I mean, I've transported I can't even count how many people I've transported in my career with that. And, and being, and being uh, that you're, that you've, uh, that you've seen that and you're part of it, I mean, that must have hit you a little bit differently, yeah. especially a much yeah. deeper cut than, than others would have. Yeah. And since I've come out, uh, patients have opened up. It's easier for them to open up, talk to somebody. Um, some ERs, they or other service, they don't know the the resources for the LGBT community. Same with some of these mental health facilities, they don't know. Them. If I dropped dropped a couple patients off, they have the the intake nurse said, here's some information. Here's some numbers for them. Please give them when they get discharged. That way, if they have anything else, they can follow. Where did you get these? I said, I searched them up. Well, how do you know about that? I'm gay. Um, She's like, oh. So, I mean, it's, and it's sad that they 
the information is not out there at these hospitals. So, I mean, there's a, there's a gap where we're losing people. Yeah, I mean, think about, you know, you bring these people in and there's no resource to really understand what they're going through, right. what, what they're experiencing in their life, because you brought up the stuff about the, about the gay jokes and the gay comments. That yeah. alone, that alone could, could affect you. It could, you know, oh, yeah. you just walking in. I mean, that was one of the questions that I had was how did you handle, you know, when you heard those, those comments and even to today, even today, how do you, yeah. how do you handle hearing certain comments that people make and sometimes, oh, you know, we're just kidding. You know, we're all, we're all family here, but at the same time, yeah. we're all family. It's still something you don't really want to make a comment towards in, in, a, right. in a certain way. Yeah. I mean, and even not just in the fire service, I mean, growing up in my own family, it's hard stuff, especially on right. my dad's side of the family. Um, one of my dad's cousins, she was a, a lesbian. And my dad's brothers, and, and that gave her a bunch of damn trouble. Back then, yeah, I just internalized it, move on. Now, no, I'm gonna open my mouth. I'm gonna say something, and you're not gonna like me. Um, and God forbid, if like my mom or my sisters are around. They're going to say something before I do. And that's even worse. <laughs> when mama has your back, yes. it's always a good thing. Oh, yeah. And mom, she won't shut up. <laughs> and she has no filter. Sometimes that's good. But I mean, when I, yeah. But that's like when I came out to my family, like we were literally discussing it, but. They're like, yeah, we've known. We've been waiting on you to realize it. And one cousin said, yeah, we know since you were less than five. Okay. It was like nothing. But I mean, yeah, but then I came up to some friends. They're like, we never, we wouldn't have guessed. So, I mean, you never know. I mean, you can't judge a book by its cover. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but the friend I was telling you about, I didn't know when I met him. A few years, I had no idea. And people were saying, oh, you know, he's gay. I was like, okay, who cares? That's fine. Whatever, you know, it's not when he wants to say something, that's his business to come out and tell. But for me, right? you know, I don't need anybody telling me. We had another guy, a firefighter in my department um, at the time, he was he came out eventually and no one knew you couldn't tell at all and um we talk and i today to this day he says one of the best things i did was finally tell my family at 40 some years old or whatever he is now and he kept it in for such a long time and now he's just a happy-go-lucky guy but oh yeah you know he he never um i guess you could say when he had his mood swings when he was kind of getting angry sometimes he would always say that's really what caused it i was kind of holding in things that I didn't know how to say, but yeah, you know, now it's it's different, and everybody so everybody in the in, the, in our house supported them, supported both of them, yeah. and get you know 
it's just, there's not enough resources out there for people who, I guess who want to say who are blind by it, turn a blind right. eye to it. They don't understand or they come from that old generation, as they say, that yeah. no one ever talked about this stuff. And now that it's at the forefront of everything, it's a great thing to have or, a resource. Yeah. Um, I was overseas back in 2012 when Congress repealed Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Um, just half, I didn't even know they were even doing it. I happened to call my, grand, my, grandpa, my grandparents, my dad's parents. Um, they both met in the Marine Corps during World War II at uh, Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point. I was talking to my grandpa on the phone. And he's like, yeah, they're repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell. I don't know why the F they made that stupid law to begin with. He goes, your grandma and I, we served with gay people back there in World War II in the Marine Corps. There was nothing wrong then. Why did they have to make a big, big deal about it back when they made that stupid law? So, I mean, I didn't have to tell my, gra my grandparents. They already knew. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just certain people in certain positions don't like things they don't understand. Um, one of the put a quote in the presentation uh, from Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Um, Actually, let me pull it up real quick. That way I can get it right. Um, God, this, and it was when he addressed one of the, I think it was Nigeria, or sent a letter to him. <laughs> God does not say black is better than white, short is better than tall, football players are better than basketball players. Gay is better than straight. God is not about hate. God is about love. God created each and every one of us the way he wanted us. God loves us all. And that's the truth. I mean, hate is a learned behavior. And it needs to stop being taught. Absolutely. I, uh, I see that. Especially, I have a three-year-old, almost four now, and you see how little toddlers and babies, they love everything that comes across their path. They don't, I see my son hanging out with everybody. And I watch him, and I'm like, how do people turn into something bad? And, you know, how right. do they learn to hate other people? And, and I watched it, and I was like, it's just so crazy. To me, I guess it's, it, it always baffled me. I never understood how you could hate someone for their, their religion, race, color, right. gender, orientation. It never made any sense to me. And, um, you know, I watch these little kids and I'm like, why do people teach these things to others? Especially at such, especially at these little kids. And they learn how to laugh before they learn how to speak. A, a, a child's laughing right. before he speaks. And they were taking that innocence away as they get older. And what we see 
in movies and TV, everywhere that we're connected to. And we pick up these behaviors and it's just, look at the quote you just said from the Archbishop. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just, it just boggles my mind sometimes. I've always wondered how people, when you learn about history, you always wonder how these, these things, how, how people get these things in their brains to do stuff like this and yeah. say things. And, you know, what I wanted to ask you was, I mean, we probably already talked about, we probably already said this, but has it affected in your, in your positions, non-emergency non service and, and, and the emergency service area, has it affected how you, when you say you were having an anger and, and before you came out, when you had to go on certain, certain calls or had to work with certain, certain people maybe in areas and you just kind of knew there was, maybe there was, they, there was someone you couldn't talk to about it. Did it impact how you uh, performed? It, even before I came out, when working in North St. Louis City and County at night, um, and if you've ever seen the FBI like murder statistics, St. Louis has been like the worst place on the face of the earth. Um, don't get me wrong, I love I've learned a lot up there in my time there, even not just riding with city EMS, but also working in it for through the, the two privates that are there that back the city up. Um, you know, I mean, it, I felt better after going and just helping other people out. It got rid of my anger with myself um even if somebody was just being rude threatening whatever you know if they're threatening hey one let call the re receiving hospital let them know matter of fact several times you could hear the patient saying the same stuff they were saying to me on the other end so instead of going to a regular treatment room, they're going to the psych pod in the ER for a psyche gun as well now. Um, or, and we had security would meet us out in the ambulance bay, or <laughs> if it was that bad, we'd tell uh, dispatch to have PD meet us at or closer to the ER. So, I mean, I'm not going to tolerate anyone threatening me or my partner. Right. Um, even if it's on the scene, I'm not going to tolerate anyone threatening my patient. I don't care who they are. Um, but yeah, it's, and there was one night working one of the privates a couple of years ago. Um, got a call. It was a city call. Um, they didn't have any units available, so we got the call. Um, went there, picked up this patient. 
patient was apprehensive to talk to us at first. Then once the area we were in was a new gay area, and once the patient found out that we both were, we both said, you got the rainbow ambulance tonight. Um, so, yeah, the patient was more relaxed, and, you know, it was a nice, calm, joking ride to the hospital. I mean, everybody was cracking jokes and stuff. So, I mean, made the patient feel better, and... And that, which, you know, the same laughter is the best medicine, so yeah, whatever we can do to make somebody feel you're, better. Exactly. You're, you're making your patients comfortable. You're getting them to know that you understand stand them because, you know, I, I, I can only imagine that, you know, they're coming asking for help. And it's yeah. for a reason because of they have their they have been out yet and whatnot or they're trying to hide stuff yeah. and you can now relate to that and and it's funny because yeah. I had a I had a guy on the podcast last night I'm gonna post his soon we talked about happiness and he wrote a book on happiness he's a physical therapist and he said a lot of people going through grief or going through a traumatic experience the one thing they do is they go help others oh, yeah. and and that's what helps them. And, and you yeah. said that today, it kind of still resonates into that same thing. Um, there's a, hang, hang on there. There's a desk in there you can drop all the loose stuff on. They're moving my office, the stuff out of mechanics into my office today. Because we got relocated. We might actually get power today too. Okay. Do there next Yep, I'm here. Okay. So, okay. You said. Yeah. The, the real, the real last thing I really wanna, I wanna touch on, with you, your company, Out Emergency Services LLC, is. What do you think the future is gonna look like, going forward? With every, with all going the forward, I know. All the outreach. Um, I know there's a lot. I, even up here, this company, the general contractors. And their clients, they want me to continue doing what I'm doing. They said they will do whatever they can to help me uh, move my company along. And that and some of the management team, they're passing the information on to previous companies that they worked for. Um, my primary care physician, out in, who just recently got out of the Navy with this past this year <laughs> and moved back to Phoenix, um, PS for something, some company information, so he can pass it around out there. Um, so he's on board with whatever help I need. Um, matter of fact, his whole family is in emergency services as well. So they're behind it. Um, I said, I'm going to, however long it takes me to get the funds to, one, produce the uh, coming out series and having a Full service emergency services, fire, EMS, security, and wherever the place that you can have special police officers. Yeah, that's what I want to do. However long it takes to get there. Well, I'm I appreciate not gonna stop. 
No. And I appreciate everything you're doing to raise awareness for, for this and what you, you know, for the community, the fire service, for all first responders to help those that are not yet able to express who they truly are, express what they're truly feeling. And this is one great way that you're really helping out yep. the first responder world outside the first responder with the communities in general. And, you know, for those out there, thank you for everything you're doing. If anybody wanted to reach out to get more information about this and what you're doing, where, where would be the best way they can, they can get that information? Uh, they can go to our website, www.outemergencyservices.gay, um, or they can call 1-866-LGBT-911. Um, and I'll be the one answering the phone, so... So, um, all day or night, uh, they can even send me an email. Anthony.maddox at outemergencyservices.gay. All right, I will, I will put all that in the show notes. And Anthony, I thank you for coming on today. I thank you for talking about your company, your experiences, what you went through, your mission to help an LGBT community in the first responder world and beyond. So, again, thank you very much. And as we say at the Fire Tool Firefighter, until next time, work hard, stay safe, and live inspired. Well, thank you, Nick, and I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Fire Tool Firefighter Podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please leave us a rating. And don't forget to pick up the book, The Five Tool Firefighter, available on Amazon at thefirehousetribune.com. Until next time, work hard, stay safe, and live inspired.